check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the West Virginia victory. We'll look ahead to the two games this week against Sacred Heart and Boston College. Guys, how are your weekend? Good start to the weekend, obviously. A Friday with a St. John's victory makes for a nice weekend. Yeah. Went out, celebrated, you know, had some had some drinks with, with you fine gents. It's good. It's always good. It's always good to start a weekend off with the St. John's wins. But yeah, it was a, it was a good weekend. We had our cousin's uh, 40th birthday party. We were all together for that, and that was fun. On Saturday, I had a engagement party for one of my friends, so that was a nice time. And then on Sunday, hung out with some of my girlfriend's cousins. So full weekend for Nick Coughlin. Nice, nice. The only the only way a weekend is better is if it's like Thanksgiving weekend. You get four days mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate. We did have a win over Thanksgiving break. That's but, true. You know, an extra day to celebrate a nice St. John's victory. Uh, always, always fun. I I say watch the game. I guess the better term would be I tried to watch the St. John's mm, game. Very good. Uh, we had the ESPN really did a nice botch job on our game. Yeah. Nothing like letting some high school basketball run over the start. Sure. Uh, why? Uh, why, why start us? Who cares? You know, we really, really need that. And then taking us out with three minutes to go. Who wants to the end? Just to get like to get to UConn and Kansas. Now, listen, not it's bad scheduling. On your part, okay. If you think the games are going to overrun, you, you got to figure it out. Adjust slide, for that. Slide the tip. Right? Slide the tip. You got multiple channels. Put them on ESPN too. Uh, but yeah, well, I, well, I mean, well, that's, we were on ESPN. So. No, no, no. Well, I'm sorry. They, you, you have multiple channels. You could put them somewhere else. They clearly put they put they us, put on, us ESPN on ESPN News. News right, right. You can put Kansas yeah. and UConn on ESPN News. They would never do that. Uh, Where, they, weren't they? On, was how did that absurd. game on ESPN? Oh, because they had the college football game. On? College football. It was Saturday. It was, it was, no, it was Friday. Sorry, they had the. They had the. Um, they had a conference championship. It had to be somebody. The Oregon, Washington. No, no that was on the American, maybe. May have been the American. Somebody. Oh no. Oh yeah, but maybe. I don't know. I, I, they had to have somebody's conference champions game right. that day. What was Boise State on? Uh, CBS. CBS. No, no, Fox Sports One. Conference championship for Mountain West is on Fox. It's actually on Fox. Fox. I'm sorry, it was on Fox. Not even Fox Sports won. CBS had the SEC. Speaking of college football, Hmm. how about uh, Florida State not getting in? Yeah. That's wild. They got snubbed. I do like to see the ACC get snubbed. There is a nice feeling there. Uh, Unfortunately, it's at the benefit of Alabama, which is not really great. Right. Nobody wants to see uh, Alabama in it again for the – I guess guess they missed it. They missed like once in they missed, seven years. They missed the it, whatever. Alabama and Michigan is like a game of hatred, right? Like I think ninety five percent of the country will watch that game in anger and just hope <laughs> that both teams somehow lose. I know I will. I mean, I'm I'm not you know I'm Michigan cheating, Alabama just being Alabama. Yeah, at least we we'll look mean, forward to the other game, Washington Texas. I mean, yeah, it's, at I least mean, it's weird teams. I guess. I mean, not really. Texas weird, is not a weird team, except that they have been. What Texas hasn't made the playoffs yet ever. No, Correct. I mean, it's fair. The real problem is Washington wh- made it one. Whoever wins that Michigan Alabama game is going to win it all. Ne- neither of those teams. Texas already beat Alabama, so they're never beating them again. Yeah. Uh, Michigan is just a better team than Texas and, Michigan, and Washington. And Michigan's going to steal the signs for everybody. So that's the other thing. Be, uh, you know, they've been re- re- uh, scouting them all season <laughs> for sure. Washington can score a lot, but their defense is a Pac-12 defense. So yeah, Pac-12 is pretty good this year. Though to be completely honest, I'm not knocking the Pac-12. I don't dislike them either. I just think that you know Pac-12 and the defense. I mean, defense in the Pac-12 is a lot different than yeah. defense in the rest of the country because 
the, you know, on defense in the rest of the country, you actually try to stop them from scoring, whereas Pac-12 defense, you just hope that it goes quickly so you can get your offense back out there. True. Hey, you can say that the Pac-12 offenses are better than any other offense though in the country. Uh, potentially. I mean, potentially. The problem is, you know, the, the adversity they face is yeah, it's, yeah. not as good. I mean, listen, Oregon is a good team, right? Washington beat Oregon. Oregon twice. is a good team. They beat them twice. So, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, the Pac-12 is good teams. Maybe Texas and Washington had a shot. We'll see. You know who doesn't have a shot? Florida State. <laughs> Florida State cause doesn't. Because the regular season doesn't matter. Well, they're, and, yeah, they're going to play Georgia gonna pick four in teams the, the, the Orange Bowl. Call it. It's fine. They're playing Georgia in the Orange Bowl? They're going to get killed yeah. by Georgia, by the way. But Yeah, because, by the way, Georgia absolutely deserves to be in the playoffs, even though no, they don't. Sure they do. No, they don't. Yes, they absolutely do. By what standard? By the standard that they were the best team all year and they lost one game. They played nobody, but sure. That, that, wait, you can't make the argument that they played nobody and then tell me on the flip side, Florida State deserves to get in because they went undefeated. You can't do that. Well, that's, that, that's, those are counterintuitive. You can't make the argument that Florida State deserves to get in because they went undefeated well, and they beat everybody Florida on their State, schedule. Florida State was also a conference champion. Georgia was not. Okay, Florida State really beat nobody. There's not a, there's not a single they good beat, team. They beat LSU, who's top 15 team. Okay. Th- who played in what conference? The SEC. Right. Georgia didn't play LSU. They didn't play LSU. Georgia beat uh, multiple teams who are on the same level as LSU. Eh. How, Florida State. Missouri. Florida State beat LSU week what two? Week one, yeah, maybe one, one or two, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I listen. I you, is you it a, put, is it a good win? Sure, absolutely. I won't take it away from them. But to say that there's no way Florida State's schedule is nearly as good as Georgia's. It's just not. It's not. But the SEC East is not as good as SEC West. The SEC overall the SEC, this year was, okay. not, it was down this year, frankly. The SEC East is three times as good as the ACC. I don't disagree with that, but, but my point well, is... Then there you go. Well, But Georgia, but Georgia didn't beat Alabama. Oh, but that's not the argument you made. Uh, well, it, yeah, I did, because you said... I said, in what world did they make the playoff? They don't no, make the playoff. you can't. said they didn't play anybody. For, no, first I said they don't... They First I said... They, yeah, don't they don't deserve to make the playoffs. That was the argument. And I was talking about that. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. They didn't beat Alabama. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. Well, they, there are two other ranked teams in their conference. I mean, in, in their section of the conference. The Missouri, who's top 10, and Ten- Tennessee, who's top 15. Both yeah. of those are good teams. Yeah. They also played Florida. Old Miss, and they beat them 52-17 to 17, when Ole Miss was 9. Okay. Ole Miss ranked 11 at the end of the year. And they beat Kentucky, who was ranked 20, 51-13. to 13. Georgia did. I it's yeah, you can't say that Georgia didn't beat anybody. Listen, I mean, you can say, say the SEC was down and it was. It certainly was. But there's a well, there's SEC bias, but that, that doesn't. The SEC is good. I'm not saying it's not good. Like let's not get to say away. they didn't beat anybody and then say that Florida just, State deserves to get in just because they won all of their games. Those are conflicting arguments. All I, said, I listen. All I, I think said, Florida State deserved all, to get in. All I said was Georgia doesn't deserve to be in. That's all I said. I didn't. No, I think I, they do. You you made the argument that well, then you can't say anything about Florida State. But I'm just saying, all I said was Georgia doesn't deserve to be in. I think Georgia does deserve to be in. I also think Florida State deserves to be in. Next year, going to twelve, so it'll be fine. Um, no, it won't be fine. So but, both of them will get in. <laughs> sure, great. That's cool. You just have the same argument, just further down the line. That's all yeah, we're doing. Uh, after twelve, there's really nobody that can win this shit. Sure, if you discount all the group of five schools, <laughs> I mean, right? It's, it's, well, I mean, you're, you're getting a group of five schools. Yeah, you're getting one group of five schools. Correct. Okay. 
until Tulane, they got they they didn't have a shot at being as good as any of those teams in the top ten this year. I mean, they played Ole Miss and they got smacked. Okay, and they Shame. and they lost their conference championship game, so that's why they they didn't get into the. Ask Florida, they won their. Where was it? They won their conference championship. They didn't get in. Uh, my point is simply: twelve doesn't solve the problem. It just kicks it down the road. Anyway, enough so this is a college football. basketball podcast. Sorry, enough Craig. college football talk. You know, college football has its own problems, and let's hope they continue to stay out of the Big East. That's all we need. Yeah, that's true. The less college football is involved, the better in the Big East world. Although, for sure, I'm sure St. John's would have really nice jerseys. <laughs> we get the Skyline jerseys; they'd be beautiful. Skyline jerseys, yeah, yeah. like the court, yeah, on a jersey. How would that even work, though? Probably, I, it'd be a helmet. It'd be on the helmet. A Skyline helmet would make sense. A Skyline jersey would be weird, I think. I mean, we have Skyline jersey for like our baseball team, our lacrosse team. Really? Yeah, yeah. And we used to have the Skyline pants, where it was. Uh, it was yeah, but there. I mean, for a football, I'm just thinking for a football jersey. I'm like, I understand that you could have. We do like the length of the body. It'd be weird. It'd be, it would be incredibly weird. Yeah, that's weird. Doing the skyline on the helmet would be cool. Skyline on the helmet, would be cool. that's what. I, yeah, yeah. Skyline on the helmet with the SCG. Skyline on the jersey. Cool. Skyline, yeah, and then you yeah, could yeah, have yeah. New York State in like the the receiver gloves. That's true. Or like the city. Probably just probably city. the city. Queens. Probably all five. Except for Staten Island. Sorry, Staten Island. Well, you got to. Yeah, you got to include it. It's one of the five. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> only only technically. Uh, anyway, before the St. John's football team gets back on track, we got to look back at our win against West Virginia. Undefeated since 04, baby. <laughs> a big 79-73 to victory uh, in uh, Big 12 Big East Challenge. Is it Challenge? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Big 12 yeah. East Challenge? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, helping our way along uh, for the conference. The Big East is losing the Big 12 battle right now, 4-3. Uh, to three. We still have four games left, so we'll see where we end up. So we got a chance. I'm saying we, we got did. A we chance. did our job. There's a chance. We, we did, did our, our job. job. That's all we can do. We did what we're supposed to do. Uh, we did lose the rebound battle in the West Virginia game, which was not great. Uh, but besides that, a ton of positives. I listen. There's a lot of other games we've won, right? I would say a lot of other games, but the other games we've won uh, were part of the tournament, or they were, you know, against teams like Holy Cross. Uh, this was a true road test in Morgantown. Real team, not listen. West Virginia certainly has, as we mentioned last time, off court issues. You know, they lost their head coach before the season. They're kind of a team that's put together. They're not protected to finish that high in the Big Twelve, but it's a legit road win, a good out of conference game, and it was a good game. Uh, and it was nice to come over with the victory. Yeah, you had ten thousand people in attendance, and like you said, it's still a. Still a big environment. Morgan Morgantown's a you know it's a very big college town. Yeah, students show out to the games, and it's a it's a loud environment. It's a good a very good test for our team to go. Even you know an away game's an away game, and yeah. they may not be the best team in the Big Twelve, but they're still a Power Five conference. Yeah, and the Big Twelve is you know arguably the best conference in the country. I mean, I would like to argue the Big East, but. Certainly, Big Twelve is is Big East has three top ten teams right now. I'd say I, we're the best okay. conference. I, I would agree, but my point is, if you you know talk nationally, Big Twelve is right up there. So any Big Twelve team, especially on the road, is is a value. Um, and like you said, a lot of a lot of things to like. Um, you know, we I think the end of game scenario. I think we executed very well, um, and, and that is a, a factor of coaching, which obviously now. Is a luxury we have, which we haven't had for years. I, I feel like it's nice to have good coaching. It is, you know. I feel like we used to, you know, end of game scenarios would end up really, 
messing up and missing our opportunities, and we lose a lot of close games. We all know that. We lost a ton of close games. Yeah. But we didn't. You know, we made the plays on the stretch. We, we needed a basket. We made a three. All of a sudden, it widened that gap. And it, and it, it just... It, it, it was good to see that. It was good to see that. It was. And, I, I you know, I joke, it's, it's good to have good coaching. But it is nice to actually see a plan, right? How many times over the past, you know, eight years, really, have we come out of plays, timeouts, at the end of game scenarios where you could see there was an idea, right, but there wasn't a real play and there wasn't a real plan. Whereas here, you know, like you said, we've got real plays. We've got real plans. We, we know... Our guys know what, what they're supposed to be doing. Whether they execute it or not, obviously, turn, turns out the game. But, sure. uh, you know, there, there certainly is that relief that, like, I, I, you know, I don't feel it as much coming out of time. Like, I know we're going to – we've got we, we're, we've got something cooked up. Yeah, It's not going to be a, you know, let's get the ball to Pasha Alexander and hope to God he figures out what to do with it. Right. Um, so I, that, is, that is nice. And it's this is the time to really continue to – build that connection with the players uh, where we can run those plays and get that down before conference play. Absolutely. I think everybody at this point from, I mean, everybody, I mean, even when we were talking to Aiden, it seems like everybody is bought in from top to bottom, and that's the only way we're going to become a team as you know, this season. And that's, you know, it, it's been it's shown down the line. I think it's the only way you can play for, you know. Sure. Uh, man, everything I've read is like you're either in or you're out, and it's, you got to be you gotta all commit. in. I think it's, it's useful. He's won two national championships, so I think he knows what he's doing. We'll get in the stats in a minute. The thing that little worried me a bit was only seven people scored for us. Not that that is unusual. I think that's fairly normal. Uh, and obviously, I think the Holy Cross game where everybody scored was a little different. It's a little less, lesser competition. Uh, but it, it's a bit concerning in the sense that uh, Aline had 14 points off the bench, which was spectacular. Really good day for him. A huge, huge was, day for him. Yeah, he yeah. really came out of his own. He's really starting to play yeah. well. And playing, I think he'll play a big role. I think he absolutely could. The The only other points from the bench, though, was Ejiofor had two points. Nobody else on the bench scored. Yeah, that's not ideal. It's it's that's something we got to work on. We we yeah. can't have. I mean, listen, if we're gonna get you know 14 points from Aline every night, sure. Uh, but sure. y- you're not, so you need to, we need to have a li- bit more depth in that we need, we need guys off the bench and then it's not like they didn't get minutes, right? No, I mean, yeah. Dunlap had 10 minutes, uh, Wiltshire had 11 minutes, Davis had six, uh, and Drizza had four. So they could mine for 30. Yeah. I mean, that, that, there's a lot of opportunities there and we can't rely too heavily on our starters in the past. We've only been able to rely on our starters and the hope is with the team like Rick Pitino as a coach. Uh, that's going to move away, and I, you know, that was the only thing I, I was a little concerned about watching this. Game. I think Wilcher and Dunlap are where you're going to get that scoring from. Yeah, right, I would agree. Right? What? What do you mean? Like, well, I mean, you're looking for you're looking for bench players that are going to make an impact, right? Wilcher and Dunlap, yeah. while they didn't score today, they're they're freshmen. They're still getting a hang of it. We're still pretty early in the season. I think looking full. I mean, Aline obviously shows that he's going to be an impact player from the bench. For Dumb sure. I, 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 again, I think, I, I'm not super. I'm just saying. I think no, no, watching I, the just, game, that was on. one of my concerns. I'm just, I'm just looking now, through. Now listen, who, Dun, the guy? Dunlap and Wilshire, the they they, uh, but I mean, uh, Edge of Four obviously he took two shots, but uh, you know, Drizza and and Davis didn't even take any shots, right? So there was no opportunities there. Dunlap and Wilshire both did take shots and, and they didn't make them, but that, so yeah, I mean, you're right. I do think that's where we're going to get the points, and I do think that is, um. You know, it's freshmen, they're figuring it out. 
which is this is the time to figure it out. The hope is just that they all do figure it out, because going into Big East play with, you know, Aline and uh, Ejiofor, hoping that Ejiofor can get some offense is is not not a you know not something that's going to work out that well. Yeah, well maybe I will we'll see. I, I don't know. I like Ejiofor and I like Aline a lot. I, I like them both. I just I don't think we can rely on just two guys. Right. Well, remember we are missing R.J. Lewis, who's out for a month now with yeah. shin splints, and we're missing. That was rough. I mean, losing losing Lewis was was uh, that, that hurt because he had such a great game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. he really looked like he would be a guy who would step into a big role, and and now he's going to miss another month. Yeah, I think this game too. We saw a lot of when we get in foul trouble, who we're going to get off the bench a lot. It's going to be Aline. It's going to be Edgefor. I said this last week or two weeks ago that Edgefor. Yeah, two weeks ago when I picked him as my spotlight player, Edgefor is going to be crucial to this season because when Soriano gets in foul trouble and people are going to be targeting him all throughout the Big East season. Edgefor is going to be the guy to come in, and if he can hold it down, him and, and I mean, Glenn Taylor starts, but um, really Edgefor is going to go off the bench, I, I believe. If he can, I mean, it, like you said, he only had two points this game, but he played 11 minutes, and I thought he played pretty well. He had four rebounds. He looked pretty good. He could have been better on a couple, you know, a couple of the rotations, a couple. Of, we all need help boxing out. We four never rebounds, though. Not bad. Four rebounds, not bad. Not One bad. block. He, he did have a good game. I, just offensively was what I was talking about. No, yeah, yeah. But I just think... This was a good game. We got a lot of guys. You got a lot of time. We had four guys off the bench get more than ten minutes. So that's we're we're deep. You know, we can work on the shooting a little bit, but yeah. the, the shots will fall. You know, I think we always worry about being deep. But if you look at teams in the tournament, it's not uncommon for them to go seven seven deep and be done. No, for sure. We don't need eleven guys to score. We I, ju- we, I don't think we do. We just need like I I don't disagree with you that we need more than six. Not much. I don't. If, uh, it's if it's not. A, I think we just. I need more of a disparity in the point scoring, right? Uh, Aline fourteen, uh, Edgy for two, right? That's what I was more talking about, right? I, I, if if it's a more balanced coming off the bench, I think that gives us a little bit more. But you are right. Most teams only have six guys who are going to really yeah, get I mean, minutes and score points. Are, yeah. So, uh, and we fortunately have more. Joel Soriano, obviously, haven't talked about him yet, but. Uh, I'm talking about the player of the game. Career high points, 24. I mean, we'll get there. Spoiler alert: 24 points, nine rebounds. Didn't get a double double. Disappointing to see that, uh, but only for fun stats. Three blocks, though. He had an incredible game. Uh, he uh, he had what I think it was like 17 points in the first half. Yeah. At Something one point, like we had game. we we had scored. I think it was 15 points, and he had nine of them. Yeah. I mean, he was just dominant. He, uh, uh, as but, he's been all year. He has. We're not surprised. Surprisingly, you know the. Not a question, but Leo, he had a great year last year, obviously, right? And there's always a, can you kind of replicate it, right? Like, how good are are you actually? And so far, he's been, you know, above the billing. Better than than he was. That's what I'm saying. Hard to even say that, but he he has been. He's been exactly uh, the player he was last year and and more. The one thing we needed him, everybody wanted him to work on was his shooting, and he did exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Somebody who did get a double double though, we'd be remiss to not mention Chris Ledlam. Mm. Guy, ten rebounds, seventeen points. He had a great game too, and he was sick. And he <laughs> apparently he was sick. Apparently That's it. He he had you know the double double. Dingle also had ten points. He's the only other guy in double digits. And then obviously Aline, we talked about him before. Uh, but you know Ledlam had a great game. Uh, Soriano had a spectacular game. Sure, but Ledlam. Continues to, to impress. Yeah, yeah. Continues to be that guy that you is you know just reliable, which is great. I mean, it's really great to see. 
I like Chris Ledlam. I think he could be a little better. I think sometimes he's also always looking to get the rebound a lot, even still now. Like we talked about this earlier a couple of weeks ago that like our some of our other guys who came or our transfers have got to learn how to not be, you know, the guy. Right. They were do it all guys. Yeah. And Chris Ledlam has I think I've seen him on a too many plays try to get the rebound rather than boxing out, and then him and Soriano both go up for it, and it kind of gets dipped around, and then they get the offensive rebound. Yeah. I mean, I can see that, but he does have 10 rebounds. I mean, that was – it is I mean, useful, yeah. and he he can be a shot creator. No, yeah. I mean, you definitely have to watch him on offense because – Yeah. I mean, he's he, been he scored double digits past three games. 17, no, yeah, yeah. 10 against Holy Cross. Yeah. He's a, he's a good player. I'm just not entirely sold yet. That's all right. It's all right. It's early, it's early in the early, season. Yeah, it's early early yeah. in the season. I I do think he's going to be a key piece for us, and I think he kind of showed that in this game, uh, in particular. To be honest, you know, it could have been a key piece, but obviously wasn't. But I, then there was right there was Quinzelinski who led uh, West Virginia with uh, with 19 points. I mean, he, he did have a good game. He did. I think his, it, he did his best to get back at us. He, he mm-hmm. did, but I, you know, it didn't work. So that's good. We'll take that. Um, <laughs> for sure. You know, that's better. Better for us. I mean, I think it was worked out. You know, it's fine that he, he went. But, you know, yeah, you never know, right? The grass is greener sometimes. <laughs> but. One thing we got to definitely talk about is of his 19 points, eight of them came from the free throw line. And West Virginia shot 43 free throws to our 20 free throws. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a huge disparity. We had two of our guys they foul more out. Than, they, shot, well, they shot three more. They doubled us. By uh, yeah. having three, they shot 23 more shot free throws, than, and we only shot 20. 23 more free throws. That's and, nuts. And we got fouled, I mean, we fouled them 30 times to their 16. Yeah, so that's almost that's double, huge. literally. I mean, that, someone's, like, oh, yeah, that's, that that's, just doesn't happen. Some would say that sounds incorrect. Right. <laughs> some would say that that was not right. Yeah. And, and we still won. And we still won the game at the end of it, out of, out of spite of the refs. All right. Well, that brings us to our Spotlight Player of the Week. We spoiled Spotlight Player of the Week, I think. At least Craig teased it. Uh, we'll go around and vote, although I don't see much uh, parody or I guess I, mean, I don't see any disparity here going on. Craig, who's your vote? Uh, it's Joel Soriano. It's, it's, that's great. It's just easy. That's simple. I think it's that simple. I agree wholeheartedly. This game, it's, it, he just came out and dominated. It'd be hard to pick anybody and else. And it's hard to pick anybody else. Nick? It's hard to pick anybody, somebody else. So I'm not gonna. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to fair enough. Fair enough. Unanimous, first unanimous one this season. Yeah, took us what six weeks. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Who would have thought? Sometimes Look I just like to disagree for fun. But anyway, I uh, Joel Soriano has to be it. He's just a dominating performance, career no, high points. Shout out Joel Soriano, Spotlight Player of the Week for him. We got the tally going. That's now two for him. Yeah, and one for R.J. Lewis. Yep. So and then one push. One push. one push. No one gets that one. No Rick, one gets we that. said Rick Pitino. Oh, right. Rick Pitino. <laughs> Just for one. keeping everybody in. Count track. that one for the coach. <laughs> put that. Put that spotlight player towards the Rick Pitino Classic of uh, <laughs> next year when yeah. we get that tournament going. All right, that brings us to this week. Uh, two games. We got a little twofer going. I love a good twofer. Nice. A little Wednesday Sunday action. First game of the week: Sacred Heart on Wednesday on CBS Sports Network, 7 p.m. That game at Carneseca Arena. Wonder if we'll be sold out again. Could be the third straight sellout. That would be right? great. We had two yeah. already this season, so third straight sellout. And Sacred Heart, they were picked to finish first in the NEC. Uh, so, you know, and it's from Connecticut, not far ride. Could could be a good crowd. 
Hopefully, could, a full St. John's crowd, but just yeah. saying, a little more. I know, I know what their close proximity has to do with it. Uh, you know, I was just trying to. We don't, we don't need any of them there. Well, we don't need uh, their kind there. With, with all due respect, it's Sacred Heart. Home. Okay, it's, Go back know. to Connecticut, your drive through <laughs> state. Listen, nobody dislikes Connecticut more than I do. Uh, they, for, unfortunately, for Sacred Heart. They alienate everybody. Staten Island, Connecticut. <laughs> Only places we don't like. Uh, <laughs> only places that deserve it, to be completely honest. Uh, Sacred Heart coming in uh, three-game losing streak. Uh, they lost at St. Joe's, home against New Hampshire, and home against Boston University, where they got absolutely smacked, seventy to forty-nine. Uh, again, not you know we've had walk-through games that we've lost before, so I hesitate every time I say it. But this is a game, New World. Vincent. This is a game we should win. This is a game we should easily win. This is a Holy Cross type matchup. Um, and you know, no offense. Listen, the NEC is a fine league. Uh, they're typically listen. Fairleigh Dickinson came out yep. of the NEC and made a nice little run in the tournament. Um, I, Teams that are better in March yeah. than they are <laughs> in December. Oh, you get a nice streak, right? They're <laughs> unsuspected 16 seed. So, but uh, at the end of the day, this is uh, you know they're. What are they, Nick and Ken Palm? They're 200 and... 280. Yeah. That's... 280 and Ken Palm. And I think the net, they were also... First net right. ranking coming out this the week as well. First net ranking coming out this week. St. John's 75, in case you were wondering. They're 263 in the net. Yeah. That's 263 is pretty bad. Um, but St. John's 75, pretty good for 75. us. East in the Big East. Not, not, great. not great. Not great. We don't love that. Big East has three teams in the top 10. Just like they do in the AP. Um, and five teams in the top 50. So that's pretty good. That's pretty solid. We, I'd it's like to be for the Big East Conference. I'd like to be plus sixty right now. Yeah, we'd like you know, to. Yeah. We, ideally, would like to be in that range. Uh, rough that we're not, but hey, it's early in the net rankings. So a lot of time, time to make time it up. Change. We're gonna have a lot of quad one games before we get there. Well, yeah, I'm like also it's it's early season, so it's yeah, it's 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 like right now, Princeton is eight. Good, good team, undefeated. Good for Princeton. I don't think they'll finish the season at eight. That's true, but um. Yeah, you never know. But you never know. Hey, Colorado never State know. seven, they beat Creighton. That's true. That's true. Nice, so, by the way, that could be a nice quad one loss for Creighton in the future. Is that home? Mm. Creighton, you know, Colorado State stays ranked and wins. They yeah. get a quad one loss to where they thought they were going to get a. That's that where it could have helps. Their, it only helps Creighton well, seeding. They're not going to be battling yeah. for. They're going to be in. Right. Yeah. But it's just you know a little but benefit for the seeding. Another weird net thing. UMass Lowell is forty six. Like that's u- that's unique. That's, a, that's, that's, that's not unique. one you see. It's not one you see coming necessarily. No, or one that probably will hold. Certainly, more. probably not one that will hold. But who knows? You For know? sure. McNeese thirty. That's, yeah. that's unlikely to. to so we'll see. But I don't see them getting an at-large bid. No, right? I, yeah, at I thirty, see. you're you're getting an at-large bid technically. So, so you know, so lots of room to grow for St. John's. Lots of room to grow. It's only the first one. It's early. We'll only sweat over it for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, they did beat Holy Cross, uh, Sacred Heart. You know, Craig looking at me confused. We're oh, visiting right. the oh, game we're, we're actually talking Heart, about. Uh, they beat Holy Cross just like we did, uh, 84-77. Uh, but, uh, again, not too worried. Not too worried. Not too worried. They have two guys on the first team all NEC. Uh, Nico Gallette is going to be the guy that we're going to have to keep an eye out for. Shout out Rawway, New Jersey. That's where he's from. Very close to where we live. Nice. So. We appreciate people from Rawway. 15 points a game, 7 rebounds. Uh, he's a guard. He'll be the main scorer. Uh, so let's, 
you know, I kind of hope he has a good night just because he's from Rawway. I got to be honest. I'm soft on guys from New Jersey. We can screw Connecticut to Staten Island. But <laughs> if you're from New Jersey, particularly if you're from uh, Middlesex County, you know, I'll take it. Not the right way, not the wrong way, but the wrong way. Exactly. Uh, Joey Riley uh, is the other guy we'll have to keep an eye on. Our cousin. He <laughs> sounded like our cousin. From Rawway? Uh, he, we, our cousin from Rawway. Wait a second. Sounds very familiar. Um, Wasn't it just his 40th birthday? <laughs> he averages nine points a game. Uh, so that's their top two guys who were on the first team all NEC. Uh, their other top scorer is Alex Sobel. He averages 10 points a game. I think that's really all you guys need to know about Sacred Heart because the hope is that that's all we need to know Correct. about Sacred Heart, right? That's you know. If we need to talk about it more. We'll talk about it after because yeah. we'll be very depressed. So both hopefully we don't. As long as we can take care of business and do and do what we do, we'll be okay. That's all that matters. All right. The other game this week is on Sunday. Uh, it is 4:30 on ESPNU at the Barclay Center as we face the ACC opponent, Boston College. Uh, another big conference team. We like to see big conference teams on the schedule. Hopefully ESPN doesn't have, like, uh, a <laughs> hands ball on or something. Well, like you that. know, it's going to push us, you know, sorry, push our tip, can knock us to, you know. Those, collegiate those pickleball or something. Yeah. They'll, they'll put on lacrosse or something. This guy brings a pickleball. <laughs> just to get me. Vincent loves What do you mean, Vincent? It's your favorite sport. I, pickleball is a waste of time. Pickleball is a despicable <laughs> sport. Despicable. Uh, it's a... It, 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 it both ruins people's knees and ruins society by making a... No, an annoying sport, um, unnecessarily relevant. How mad would it be if pickleball actually is then it pushes St. John's tip on Sunday? Hilarious. I might actually right. break the TV. <laughs> I might. There's a shot I would actually break the TV. I think I saw a thing that like hip replacements and knee replacements are up higher than ever because of pickleball. Yeah, yeah because it's easy to play, right? It doesn't really take that much skill, except right. the problem is people who don't do things very often decide, well, I can play this because it's an easy sport, and it is because it doesn't take any talent. So they go out and they play, and then they hurt their hips or their ankles or their knees, and that's how you end up with an increase in surgeries. Fair enough. That's my rant on pickleball. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, all right, back to Boston College. They, uh, they lost against NC State in their uh, most recent game. They'll play uh, Eastern Connecticut before they will play us. They're picked to finish 12th in the ACC. Sorry, they also play Holy Cross before us, so I guess we'll have a bit of a comparison as to... What are we just picking all the teams? I know, right? Holy Cross? <laughs> Sacred Cross played Holy Cross. It's, uh, we like to see teams we compare against first, you know? You guys play Holy Cross? Uh, all check. right, cool. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely hand you the schedule. <laughs> um, so, but this is... This is... I think this is similar to the West Virginia matchup in that it's a team that's in a big conference but is not projected to be in the top half. Yeah. Um, now, we said the same thing about Michigan. Uh, and and we lost that game, so true. You, you can't overlook these games, true. for sure. No, no, definitely. Right? Not, yeah. This is not the same as Sacred Heart. This is a game where we will go in. I don't love it being at Barclays. I know we're trying to play all around New York City, and I do appreciate that. But you know, this it, is a game where like we kind of need to win, right? This is a game where we, if we if definitely we, need to win. This if we want to be a legit contender, we need to beat Boston College, Boston College for the reasons we talked about. It they're not necessarily a top half ACC school. You know, we already have the loss to Michigan, which is not a top half Big Ten to school. So I'd like this one to be at the Garden, right? More of a home atmosphere. Our guys are kind of used to it. We're going to be playing at a new place. Now, listen, it's the Barclays Center, so we don't, you know, we'll be sleeping in the hotels, but it's in New York. It's not far away, at sure. least. But I, you know, I would have liked this one at the Garden just because it's a game we need to win. But hopefully, we can recreate the St. John's home atmosphere type at yeah. the Barclays Center uh, in Brooklyn because. We could we could use it as much as I don't don't necessarily 
think that Boston College is as good as Michigan, and, and it should be a game where we, you know, feel good about walking into. I do still, you know, want that little home court advantage, I think. I mean, they're still a power conference team, right? I mean, that the level of talent is a step up, and you know, I mean, in terms of, like, Sacred Heart, it's an, it's not like that. You have this game you have to play. Yeah. I mean, it's not, um, no matter how good they are in the AC, they're going to win games, you know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Um, you need to take it serious. Joel Soriano is going to have his hand full. He's got Quentin Post to deal with, seven-footer, 20 points a game, eight rebounds, two blocks. That'll be a hell of a battle. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. It is. I've seen him play a bit. He played He played in one of the uh, conference tournaments that I was working on, and he, he's he's a good player. Uh, Boston College isn't great. They lost to Colorado State and, and Loyola Chicago in that tournament, but, uh, you know, the, he's a good player. Uh, now, Joel Soriano is obviously a good player, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's right. you know, it'll be a battle of the bigs. It'll be a battle of, you know, can Joel Soriano come out and do what he's been doing all season uh, against somebody who's seven foot, and, you know, we've seen it already. He did it against Utah. I know. Yeah. So the hope is that he's, you know, back on, you know, continues to be on the form he's at uh, and has no issue with Quentin Post. They also have uh, Jaden Zachary as a guard, 12 points a game, four assists. He's kind of their point guard. So that'll be their front guy and their back guy. And, you know, the other guys are probably not as talented, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, they, you know, those will be our two guys to focus on as we – as we approach this game, hey, they're uh, they're a hundred in Ken Palm and they're ninety sixth in the net. Same thing. We just gotta take care of business. We're gonna be all right in this game. Got to box out a little bit. We gotta score. We're gonna have to get offense, not yeah. from Joel Soriano though, because of Quentin Post. I think certainly will cause a bit of. Now listen, I think Joel Soriano is gonna get his right. He did against Utah. We've seen him go up against seven foot guys before. Uh, but going back to, you know, needing some balance uh, off the bench, this is a game where I think we could, you know, not relying solely on Joel Soriano down low, uh, we would will benefit in this game from doing that. One of the things we haven't been doing a lot is we haven't been scoring around the rim a lot. I was, I was reading on, I think it was Rumble in the Garden, that we are, yeah, we, we are shooting 55% around the rim, we're in the lowest, in the, low, in the bottom 14% of Division One, in that. So that's not great. And it's, yeah. <laughs> not, not great. And, and it's not Joel Serrano because he's been posting like eight, like eight and 11 games. <laughs> I was games. saying, my, my man Joel Serrano is like, who the hell is missing from shots? <laughs> that is, uh, I have to say, I am surprised because you, you would have thought like Joel Serrano would have driven that average way up. So, uh, so, yeah. so actually, so he said uh, the, the biggest culprits are Chris Ludlum and Glenn Taylor. Mm. More than a third of okay, Nick. Led, uh, more than a third of Ledlam's shots have come at the rim, and he's made less than twenty nine percent of those attempts. Yes, all right, Nick. Come on, don't hammer the poor guy. I'm just saying. I'm kidding. Um, but no, that's that's not good. That is certainly not good. Something we, we got to tighten up. Something on. we have to clean up because in a game like this, where it's a team, you know, we should beat, and it's you know, I floppy play like that is what's going to keep them in the game. When, especially when you get to the rim, you got to yeah. finish at the rim. Yeah. Missing the shots like that, he's getting the rebound because he's seven foot tall, right? And because of that, they're sticking around, and all of a sudden, you f- we find ourselves in a game in the back half of the second half, and now we've got trouble. Yeah, and that's that's sort of what happened against Michigan, yeah. right? I'm not b- because of this exact issue, but you know, we we were in it and in it, and then all of a sudden, it, we, we weren't anymore. So, not letting things spiral out of control and cleaning things up like that is how we. Ensure we come away with the win we're supposed to get. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. For Craig and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.